Crusaders and friends, welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, the dedicated Ashes of Creation podcast, now running 39 episodes strong, where our dedicated Pathfinders venture into these weekly episodes discussing theory crafting, game updates, community, your questions, and news, all things Ashes. want to give a special shout out to our patrons or Patreon supporters, also our paladins here at the Crusade, which are the subscribers on Twitch. Um, you all literally keep the crusade marching stronger and stronger week by week. Thank you so much for your aid and help and just faith in the podcast and uh, the content here. Um, I am your host, Morg, and I am joined today by my co-host, Daedalus. And also returning guest, Zeke the Phoenix. Now, I just want to apologize to anybody that's watching on YouTube or was not present for the podcast um, on Twitch. Uh, you'll notice that for, for a little short time here that we have a little bit of a desync in the audio and what you're seeing on screen. And that's because uh, Twitch muted the audio. So I'm going to really quickly recap with what time we have until it catches up and actually gets in sync with what you see on screen. Um, so uh, we... I wanted to make a kind of special note about some things that happened this week um, on the Discord. One was that we got some information uh, on the development timeline. And a bit of the development timeline, uh, Stephen had mentioned that APOC, uh, things with Castle Sieges and some of the back-end systems had been delayed a bit. And there were some concerns uh, from community members about that. Um, but we really wanted to ensure that uh, everyone here recognizes that, you know, they did their best. They are trying to really communicate that kudos to them for really, you know, for Steven for stepping out there and actually kind of acknowledging that, um, you know, with that being said, we're still kind of looking for, um, the, well, we're looking forward to his letter, which will be coming out. Um, we're kind of wondering what's going to be outlined in that letter. Um, it's supposed to help outline, the timeline for um, things like castle sieges, the stages of apocalypse, um, getting into the MMORPG timeline, uh, some things like that. Um, aside from that, we also uh, got into, or not got into, but we also saw some information on the official Discord related to the castles and the dynamic of castles in the MMORPG. And some of what was shared, outlined, etc., um, on the discord was actually some really interesting information. It was actually very surprising to me. And that information was that if we look at, we know that there are five essentially metropolises in ashes of creation. That's the max level metropolises, which means there are five nodes at maximum that can level up to that metropolis. And therefore five areas of the launch map that you will be able to see as their own distinguished regions. Those are how many sections that we cut up into. Now, taking that into account, Stephen mentioned that if a castle, for example, was to lie on the border of, we'll say, five of these uh, regions where metropolises uh, or these five separate kind of nodes evolved into, Essentially, if a keep was like, you know, let's say it keeps on the border of these five, that would equate to having influence over 20% of the world of 
the known world and or map of the game at launch. I'm sorry, that just like... Let that sink in for a minute. Let us... Mackie said, that's pretty intense. <laughs> oh my God, you guys. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? That's ridiculous, man. 20% of the freaking launch map. That's nuts, man. For for the for the community that's running a keep. That's crazy. So there's really, that. That's a whole lot. Interesting to see if they uh, keep adding uh, no. more of those next in expansion. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty interested to see what they do. Exactly. Yeah, I'm pretty interested to see what they do expansion wise. I mean, some of the stuff, not to necessarily spoiler, but some of the questions even on the Reddit talked a little bit about their expansions and kind of what they're thinking about expansions mm -hmm. with underwater environments. So, can't necessarily at launch there isn't yeah. any plans for you to build on the water. Yeah. But that's something they're thinking thinking about. So it'd be interesting to see as they expand the map, how some of these mechanics like Castle Siege play into it. Yeah, I agree. So like a uh, Atlantis scenario later. Yeah. Oh, I would love that. That'd be fantastic. Some people going on. Some mer we were talking about what was it? The Merman or the <laughs> Mariner. What the what's it called, dude? The seaman, oh, the mariner, yeah, the mariner class. Everybody was calling him seaman. The heck, I did. Seaman. I'm like, call it mariner. Let's, let's you know, I got, I got, I got to tell you, hey, hey, it is G. Technically, a seaman's a real thing. I mean, but it has two meanings. There's like the individuals and a rank structure, and then there's the procreation thing. Yeah, this is true. This yeah. is very true. I hope no one's feeling awkward right now. I'm certainly not. But you know, there was an achievement in World of Warcraft, totally side, so total side tangent. But uh, there was like salty or whatever. I don't know why. I'm, yeah, never mind. We're gonna back right out of this. <laughs> I just realized that if I continued that conversation, that was gonna get really, really inappropriate it's in a chat. Hole we're going down. Right not now. gonna do it. I'm gonna back that right up. I'm gonna set some boundaries with myself. Let's talk about the Q&A on Reddit, you guys. So there were a, a pretty significant number of questions that were answered, right? I mean, mm -hmm. and you all that are here currently, and I will more than likely post this along with the video on YouTube as well. Can't tell people in chat saying no or like they want me to want me to like continue or to stop. I just don't know, but we're stopping. <laughs> so there were a lot of different questions that were answered related to uh you know, apocalypse to the MMORPG Ashes of Creation, and then like just general questions, things like that. Um, you know, of course, I feel like we keep seeing a lot of talk about support tickets. And I get that, like, I don't know, people, people, I think it's important to understand one thing about this. Like, they got to get to those in the order they're received. And I get that there are like tickets that are more, maybe, maybe, you know, in severity level or whatever you want to call it, might be more of a priority than others or you would think that they would be based on the context of the ticket um but they kind of answer those in a first come first serve so that being said try not to like submit any ridiculous tickets that aren't necessary they can't like dm somebody on discord about um because that does hold up the line so if you really want to do your due diligence just something to think about hello welcome totem and chat everybody in chat man you guys are like lit today what's going on homies um but yeah some of what were some points of interest for you two, right? Um, and either one of you could just kind of go first on this, but 
What were some of your points of interest on the Reddit Q&A? I know Daedalus had some significant Yeah, notes. I feel like there was so much to unpack on this, and I yeah. had to read the Q&A like multiple times just to kind of get it all mm-hmm. figured out in terms of my comments. Um, I mean, I just kind of just more of a logistics thing. I really like the fact that they are looking to do rotating guests. I mean, early on they did that, um, and I thought that was really neat to be able to kind of hear from Matt, hear from Akil, hear from Bacon. Um, and it's not that I don't enjoy seeing Stephen and Jeff like nerding Jeff it out with Maggie, but you know, I think it's really what the community can really what benefit is some exposure is to these other members of the team that are really working hard to you know look at multiple aspects of the the MMO. So I think it would be a great idea to have them, you know guest talk about where they are um for the guys that do the art um have them show more concepts more gray boxes whatever they can do to kind of show hey here's what we're working on for the mmo again to me it's about shifting the narrative away from apoc it's important yeah Yeah, i get it we've kind of been there done that i now i want to hear more about keeping me excited about the mmo right i think that's gonna what's gonna bring people in um there was one that I, I was kind of like, okay, I'm not really getting why they're considering this, at least even in the longer term. And it was a question about server transfers. And they kind of left that one open-ended. Um, I'll probably just you know reserve judgment until they actually decide what the details are on this. But I think this is a potential risk. Um, you know, based on the amount of player agency that's really supposed to be effective in the game. Mm -hmm. I can see maybe somebody wanting to play with their friends and doing a server transfer. But on a mass scale, if you have like guilds that organize server transfers, like as a group, that could potentially be game breaking, right? I see, you know, maybe they can put level and gold limits on it so that they're not, you know, people aren't gaming the system, but still Mm -hmm. it feels like they left themselves pretty open on that. Um, I was a little, I would say, bittersweet with some of the comments around nodes and caravans because we kind of got the soon TM type of treatment with it. Yeah. So they said, we really mean soon, not like soon, like we don't have a date yet. So they're kind of killing me here. I really want to know when they're going to have some more definitive info for us on caravans and nodes because clearly that what that's what brought me to the party yeah. to begin with the node system. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, on a really good note, no matter how many times they tell the community, hey, augments, they're, they're going to fundamentally change the way an ability works. I get super excited about that. Yeah. Augmentations, again, in addition to the nodes, right, which is super like, you know, player agency 101, right? You've got the customization, the progression that we're going to hopefully talk about either, you know, majority of this episode so maybe next depending on how things go but that always is exciting for me to talk about is that how are they going to really allow people to be totally unique you know class by class you know augment by augment i think that's really really cool um the map size was also a pretty interesting comment i mean obviously with no fast travel as kind of a default it just reminds me of how everquest was at least you know making some travel really meaningful granted there was some fast travel with some classes but still if you didn't have that option like deciding okay i'm gonna go quest you know in this area of the map 
you're committing yourself to, you know, anywhere between, you know, 15 to 30 to an hour of travel to get there. Um, and it's not necessarily safe. You're kind of skirting the mountain so you don't get, you know, wrecked by a mob. Um, the crafting was by far the most exciting answer for me to have is that artisans can be expected to craft the top tier gear. And I know they've talked on and on about a symbiotic relationship between crafters and folks that don't craft, no. folks that might gather, process, etc. But many crafting nerds would agree crafting in the majority of MMOs nowadays feels like an afterthought. So one of the yeah. biggest things in WoW that I wish they could have done and they still haven't hit the mark on is making crafting more relevant and engaging. So I'm really happy to see that that's happening. Mm -hmm. There's, there's so much here. Um, leveling experience. We're going to talk about later in the podcast. I just like, they were very clear that leveling is not an obstacle in their opinion, that people just overcome to get to the end game. So I like that journey discussion and also just the balance between what a large guild can do versus what a small guild can do and making those choices meaningful. I mean, again, a way to balance against Zerg mentality. I think I've talked about it on a few forums and I think you might've been on the podcast we did about guilds and yeah. how we can combat that Zerg mentality. And, and I think that's, again, it just reinforced some things we knew and reignited some, some hype here. But I think overall, I think it gave some really solid answers. And I focused my feedback primarily on the MMO stuff. I mean, I said like APOC is APOC. It's important, but it's not where I'm really kind of laser focused right now. And that's on anything and everything about the MMO. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel you on that. Zeke. Kind of making some notes too to kind of reiterate on some of your points that you both are making. But Zeke, what are some of your thoughts about the Reddit? Um, I thought it was a little funny. Some of the questions were like, I don't know, a little bit lazy, I guess, like in the way they answered them. They're like, will this be in the game? They're like, yes. And it's like, <laughs> okay, but can we get more information on that? <laughs> like, and then, I mean, some of the stuff I did like was some of the information was like, will there be a druid class? And they're like, yeah, there'll be some version of that in the current, like, augments that we have and i, I like that because like that was a thing they didn't they said there wasn't something like that before and now they've kind of turned over on that so that kind of gives me the impression that they are taking our uh like our concerns or whatever our interests into account when they're designing these classes and stuff mm -hmm. and you know that kind of gives me the impression that they are watching our videos and stuff and they are like using that information be like oh they kind of want to see this okay i guess we'll shove this into this category or whatever um and then like uh what what else was it that i was looking at oh and then the uh oh, what was it i lost it don't get lost on the podcast no pressure <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm such a pain in the ass. Oh, I lost it. It's all right. That happens to me every like episode or two or three. Oh, and then the changes to the uh, raid size and stuff. Because back in, uh, well, anyway, a lot of the stuff that they've talked about in this uh, fact 
I like that they've finally went over because a lot of the stuff we talked about at our the PAX West um, after party thing, and then we mm-hmm. talked about it again at uh, Daedalus's uh, PAX West reaction cast thing. But now, but people wanted us to source all this stuff, and we're like, we don't have sources. We were there. <laughs> like, what do you expect us yeah, to the film sources, the whole thing? Yeah, for Matt or whoever yeah. we talk to. So they're so like, like now nah, you're full of it. Yeah. And then they come and confirm that. Yeah, that that part I really like, too. I was like, um, well, finally, people, we have a way to source this. We <laughs> have been vindicated and validated. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I like that they've changed some of their ideas on stuff. Um, I'm a little disappointed that they're moving away from having like five different raid tiers where it's like 8, 16, 24, 32, 40. It looks like they're cutting out 32 and 24 for now, and maybe you'll add it later if they decide to, but that's a little disappointing on my, like in my opinion, but I guess it's fair. I mean, to be fair, they might, I mean, I don't know if they're going to go the route that um, say something like WoW has gone in terms of scaling, Mm-hmm. but hopefully i mean that's in the cards too because i agree i mean it's going to be interesting to see how they handle eight man groups because very rare has there been kind of eight man as a dungeon group in games i mean the last one i remember and there's probably more there's a couple that i remember dark age of camelot city of heroes had groups of eight if i'm not mistaken um, yeah. so that, that in and of itself is like, that's a lot to handle, but I'm, um, again, I'm hoping at that top tier, like you still have that big content, but maybe it scales. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they're just figuring based on what they've got now that they're, you know, they may want to just shoot for a couple of the smaller groups and then maybe add incremental content for those other other smaller, or I would say smaller, but in between your 16 and your 40. Yeah, they probably realized how hard that would be to create that many different tiers of raids and stuff. It would be easier just to create separate raids for each uh, segment, especially if it maxes out at 16 until yeah. you get to the 40. Yeah, you know, I like. I feel like I had this conversation uh, over the weekend with some of the Crusaders here. And in that conversation, we were talking about just uh, World of Warcraft. Uh, and thanks, Sego, so much Power for that re- for that sub. And to um, and to uh, oh my God, don't mess it up, Sim. CD Kinetic for your for your sub as well. Thanks. Um, but yeah, hammers in chat, please. Thank you. Treating it like a stream. I gotta really like you know work on that. Sorry, y'all on YouTube. I guess. That's what happens when you miss out, man. Anyway, so I was talking about the progression uh, in WoW, and this is actually a really good point uh, and kind of tying back in to kind of where we're going with this conversation. Uh, so first, I'm going to start by saying, so actually, I'm going to I'm going to get to your points that I wanted to bring up first. Uh, this actually goes to Zeke, though, but talking about raid tiers. So raid tiers for me, I liked the 10 to 25 man uh and i like the just normal and the heroic i don't need that raid finder bullshit i don't want that that just no nothing like that please yes. and and you don't need like mythic i just you don't need multiple level levels of 
of a raid, multiple types of, of gear and all this. And that just reflects on, wow, it's a very vertical progression path that you have in that game, mm -hmm. which if you don't know what that is, I'll explain that in a little bit because I want to talk a bit about the difference between a vertical and a horizontal pro progression path in MMORPG. Um, I feel like it's important that people understand uh, where this game's probably going to fit in in that regard. Um, but um, back onto the point, though. So server transfers, like Daedalus had said, that's something in particular that I'm like, that that just, I, f I feel, and this is my opinion on the MMORPG, I feel like that just really makes it, it really enables a lot of just disturbance to servers. And on a game like World of Warcraft, that can be impacting enough. In a game like this, where you have things like nodes, which is you know, what you talked about, we have all these different things that 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 the world you know is relying on the player base to help maintain. Then when you go and you take, I mean, you could just go look at economy, right? They go and they transfer and they got a bunch of gold or goods. They go and make a huge impact to the economy and they can really throw things out of whack. Um, just going with the massive Zerg guild, you go to another uh, server and you kind of throw things out of whack. And then what happens to the server you left? I mean, not just with like the Zerg guild, right? Or mm -hmm. with a trade guild. But I mean, you think about like what that takes away from the server. How's that impact everything? I mean, that's the kind of stuff it, from my perspective that causes servers to die. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like so, that was a big part of the problem with World of Warcraft, which was when they allowed people to transfer servers so frequently and easily and just, I would say, carelessly. When that happens, what do you get? Well, you get dead servers, man. You get there, you know, there's part of part of the dynamic of having, you know, these uh, established communities and guilds, et cetera, on servers it, or even just strong players like PvP. Look at that. Right. Is you give other people on the server. Re they have something to strive and aspire to overcome and beat and everything. Right. Too. And if you go and you take all that and you put it in one place or you have a lot of hopping around, that just really causes some dysfunction. Um and I, the other thing I really liked about the Q&A was one thing Daedalus also said, which is that the crafters are going to make the top tier. That's that's awesome. Um, because from my perspective, one of the things that kills the professions or artisan classes, whatever you call it, in, in the games is like, we'll look at what happened with WoW, right? Now, I can agree, like, me being a blacksmith and a JC and being able to create extra sockets and put those JC gems in those extra sockets, that's pretty significant. That's a little significant. But when they go to the links of like trying to to um, to make things equal and, and where they just flatline everything and they take all these perks out altogether where it's like, well, now it's just a way to make money and you might be lucky if you can do that because that stuff can become really irrelevant really quickly because of this whole vertical progression system. So what's the vertical progression system? That's traditional I'm climbing to the top and they're always going to continue to add another block or two and add another step or two of ladder to the top right that's that's vertical progression where as i level i have to gear so that i can level so that i can gear so that i can level so that i can gear all the way up to the top and gearing is essentially your end game um and if you play games like that it probably feels a lot like a job it probably feels very taxing maybe i'm just talking because that's how i feel that's my that's my perspective about it. that's why i don't like about it you know it 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 had its place in time when the MMORPG genre was, you know, still kind of a new thing. Uh, it wasn't like there weren't a lot of them out there and they hadn't been around for a long time. But, you know, uh, 
there's a horizontal system and the horizontal is very much uh that ties in very well with a sandbox game or a sandbox mmo rpg game because instead of it always being about this always looking up always trying to climb to the top and they keep adding these steps and they keep adding these ladders and for the casual gamer you're, you're never getting to the top and for the hardcore gamer you're always grinding just to just to stay where the next step's going to be. In a horizontal system, they tend to focus more on uh, abilities, maybe even augmentation. Um, you saw a little bit of that in the Elder Scrolls Online, I felt like, because of the, a lot of different skills and the fact that you can morph them. And there were a lot of options for theory crafting. I feel like a horizontal system is very... Um, I feel like it has a potential to really help to drive theory crafting in a game. Um, but in a lot of sandbox type games, you know, the thing is, is you got to think a sandbox, you're looking around that this flat kind of open space where you can build, right? So the way that you go about um, uh, progressing or leveling, et cetera, is you, you look around and you pick something and, and you figure out what's going to work for you. Um, now some would, you know, there's definitely going to be like arguments as to, well, does one more casual than the other? I mean, that's a matter of perspective, and that's a matter of how a game is actually designed. That's my perspective about it anyway. Um, and I don't think you've got to be really a game dev to understand that. You just got to have an understanding of what these different types of systems are like, what they look like, how people progress through them. Um, so with that being said, uh, what are your guys' thoughts about progression systems in an MMORPG, such as Ashes of Creation, uh, pros, cons, what would you prefer? Uh, things like that. I mean, just to call out Alarian, you made a, had a good question in chat here. You know, do we think mm -hmm. Ashes is going to have progression more like WoW or ESO? I mean, I haven't played a lot of ESO. I hope to hell it's not like WoW. Um, at least current WoW. Yeah, it's not. Um, early on, you know, leveling was really tough in World of Warcraft. Now it's kind of a joke you can get a max level character in a matter of days right if you really kind of work at it there isn't a lot to get to max level leveling in wow doesn't mean anything really it's the kind of the gearing part that you know separates you know the the plebes from the raiders for the most part and even so i think lfr that's a different conversation entirely we can get into but for me like the the pros and cons are kind of, I think of leveling in a few different ways, right? My personally, I love the quest. I know some people are like, you know, quest grinding drives them up the wall, but I really enjoy exploring new areas, figuring out what it has to offer, getting involved in, you know, different quests, different stories, and may not necessarily be the fastest way to level, though I do try to be efficient, but. I think when done right, quest leveling is the best way to level as a player for me, right? And by done right, I mean, don't give me a bunch of kill, you know, 10 rats or collect 10 wolf pelts to level. Okay, that's not going to, you know, get me excited to go and play the game. I want the contribution that I'm making to be visible and impactful. Like, again, it's all about the journey for me. So the early quests are going to give me an opportunity to get a feel for my character, you know, experience a different skills I have in my wheelhouse and again, experience story and explore the world. The other kind of ways a 
again, where there's pros and cons to it is dungeon grinding, grinding mobs, mass pulls. I mean, I've done this, right? I mean, I think my, my wife and I spent a lot of time with kind of recruiter friend accounts and dungeon grinded and, you know, did some quest grinding too. And that was fun. I enjoyed, you know, spending the time with my wife doing that. But as kind of a main means of leveling, if I had that when I first started playing WoW and I didn't really have that much interaction and it was just grinding after dungeon grind after dungeon grind, it wouldn't have been a game to me. I mean, I, I would prefer a method that isn't, I just need to get to max level and then the game can start for me. I don't like that mentality from a development standpoint. I don't like it um, from a player standpoint too. Um, I mean, I know there are some people that really enjoy grinding in games, right? There's a lot of a market that people just throw some music on, grind mobs, etc., and that's kind of fun for them. But to me, the repetition for the larger player base isn't sustainable. So, you know, I think in, in terms of, you know, what I would say would be the most ideal experience in Ashes, going back to that question from chat, um, is really going to be an experience where my number, my level doesn't matter, but I have options on what I can do. And it goes back to your point, Sam, about horizontal versus vertical progression. Vertical progression, in my opinion, shouldn't mean as much if I have options to, you know, grow professions and, you know, gain experience that way, go out and do different types of quests, you know, experience the world. And it's not leveling is almost um, not necessarily not an afterthought, but leveling is almost a nice byproduct of me doing all these activities oh, I just leveled and I'm not even noticing that, oh, I'm watching that bar go up, right? I'm just going and doing my thing and a nice byproduct of that is gaining a level or getting a nice piece of equipment. And it's, again, it's not about necessarily the end goal. It's about having fun along the way and making, you know, making that progression happen. Yeah, I kind of, so like I, 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 wrote a few things down in my notes about this kind of thing. Um, grinding, grinding makes sense in most sandbox MMOs because, you know, usually they have a lack of questing or some kind of direction to tell you what to do. Um, but I think that's the least fun because they end up being really repetitive and you just don't feel like there's a reason for you to do what you're doing. Um, and then questing for me, questing can be pretty boring if it's not full of fully voiced cutscenes and like, you know, everyone you talk to reacts to you different and stuff like that. Cause I came from like SWOTOR and I played like, you know, Darkfall and stuff. And the difference really is when an NPC is giving you a quest that if it's fully voiced and has a full justifiable reason for you to do it, it's less of a chore and more of just part of your adventure. But in a sandbox game, you can't really do that all the time unless you want to spend like millions and millions of dollars on like voice actors and stuff. Um, but I, I feel like for Ashes, I kind of want to see them do something similar to Guild Wars 2-ish where it's like a cycling of dailies 
They give you a justifiable reason for you to do certain things just so that when you're doing these tasks, it doesn't feel like it's unnecessary for you to be grinding. Like, I feel like that's the most logical way for them to do it because otherwise it's either going to be a quest that we have to redo over and over again that doesn't change or if it does change it's changing to one thing i kind of want to see them do some kind of you know they have a, a few like i don't know 30 to 40 dailies they rotate out on like one node or something like, oh, this week we're killing centaurs because they invaded because you killed too many goblins or something. And, and and then you wipe them out. Oh, now there's some dark lord coming and that's your world event. And like maybe just have a bunch of different triggers in a row, but have them be separated out through daily, um, you know, dailies as tasks or whatever, just things that are happening kind of naturally. Um, and I think that's how you would do it from like a, from a design standpoint mm. to keep it kind of fun yeah, or at least kind of like meaningful. Yeah. Tying into the narrative. Yeah, yeah. Meaningful progression to me matters more than, um, than just like, oh, here's like 20 tiers of things you can do, but you can't fucking have fun doing any of it. <sighs> Go grind a million mobs. So, yeah, one thing I was going to say was Diggs had brought up, he had brought up how there were different types of progression systems in the game, uh, like nodes, you know, crafting, et cetera, uh, leveling, whatever. Um, and then he brought up, you know, they were asking, like, he came in with his damn spoilers, which is where I was going, which was, you know, because, uh, you know, there's going to be both vertical and horizontal, right? And, and I don't feel like there's any way to really get around that with what they're trying to attempt. Um, I'm kind of hoping that like in regard to some things like so in alpha zero, for example, right? Uh, we had a very vertical progression system as far as gaining experience for your character. Um, I would say it's probably pretty similar for the node, the way the node developed too, because it's just literally like, you know, there are steps into the process of like where you're going, you're going up, you're going to get to a different, you know, prestigious encampment to town to, to this you know amazing metropolis so like you know the node becomes more prestigious like the more xp it gains you know so you know where it's going up like that's set that's determined um but i i'm really kind of hoping that like you know we have like a mix where it's more like there's vertical to a point and then it becomes horizontal like potentially with maybe in game um to where the options aren't just so this is the best in slot this is the meta like that sort of thing i don't want to see I feel like that's a way of the past, and I don't really want to see that. I don't want to be told I have to wear a specific, one specific piece of gear to be relevant in a raid or in PvP. When you do that, you start to take away from what, and you take away from all the potential for theory crafting for me. Uh, you just do. You, you just can't be creative and come up with multiple approaches to you know, solving the same problem, fighting the same demons, whatever it is. Um, you know, it's, I've said this a dozen times about the Elder Scrolls Online. Um, I love the Elder Scrolls games in general, but you know, in that game right there, you have all these options and you are bottlenecked into this narrow pathway. You can't even look at the rest of it. You can't even try to adjust your sight to a damn cone. It's, it's this narrow 
And it's and it's narrow because there's a casual player base. And they like their cash shop where they make a ton of money because the cosmetics, like the best cosmetics in the game are cash shop, not in game. And it's weighed significantly. And this ties into last week, right? Ties significantly into the cash shop. Now, you know, when you got a, a, a significant level of the player base that are casual players, a lot of which haven't played MMORPGs, and if they played Elder Scrolls games, they probably played single-player ones because those were the only ones that existed. There weren't MMORPGs for the, for ESO, for the Elder Scrolls games. Like, so you've got people that come in with that mentality, and they want their money, so they revolve it around that, and they make it easy. So they make these ridiculous sets that just literally, let me smash one button, and I kill my opponents. I don't have to be good. i got to mash a button because someone told me to because the developers made this gear. So I'm not going to go after anything else. I'm not going to do anything else. I'm just going to get that. I'm going to mash my button. I'm going to be a winner. Where's the fun in that? Like, do you, do you, I just thought of something based on what you're saying and kind of based <laughs> on what they've said. Do you think what they'll do to keep progression really fresh is every time we have these, you know, big world events or progression on the node happens, maybe have, have have a heavy reliance on different resistances or enemy weaknesses and stuff mm. and then make it so every time there's a new set of events mm-hmm. to do you get you have to get gear to like you know say a bunch of fire mobs spawn that's the world event that's going on right now and that lasts i don't know a couple months and in order to fight them you have to get fire resist gear but the only way to get fire resist gear is to do the current content and then have it so it changes every, you know, you know, every few months or whatever. And then just constantly have you be changing to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. Or creating new needs for gear to be changed every, you know, every so often. So that people aren't just constantly sitting at the end game going, okay, so what's the next thing? I've already got the best gear. What do I do now? And you're like, no, you don't have the best gear because these mobs are completely strong against your gear set. So now you have to get a whole new set of gear. But then in like five to ten months, your gear be your, yeah, your gear will be useful again because it's good against these other mobs. <laughs> something like that. I mean, I would be careful of something like that. I mean, I was actually thinking that through today as I was putting together my notes. How can they keep things? as a rule right i i think the key thing for me is whatever i'm doing at some level should have some type of meaning or contribution to what's happening right at at a really basic level i quest my node levels up right unless i'm blocked by another node and then my goal might shift to what can i do to help the siege effort or negotiate trade with the other node or influence my leaders of the node to negotiate trade or et cetera. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I like that idea. Um, as far as like, you know, I think having potentially having a whole new set of gear kind of every couple of months, that might be a little overwhelming to people, but I think in spirit, I do agree that they've got to do something right. Whether that be, you've opened up a new story path and you might need to complete a certain quest line to move and do some new content. Um, or again, to your point, there, there might be some things you need to do in order to do that content most effectively. 
but have an ever evolving meta where meta is is always changing. Um, I think they talked about it at some point. I think there was a quote from Stephen. I'm I'm pretty sure I put it down in my notes. Um, having an ability to gain power at a sacrifice. There's a way to kind of reach a horizontal type of progression. That's a way you can reach a horizontal type of progression. It may not be entirely because there could be a potential that a meta comes about if balancing isn't done correctly. But the objective is there's to always make sure we have both vertical and horizontal progression in, in the game. So in my opinion, that says they're going to always have you chasing a meta, but have it not necessarily be your focus. Your focus might be on what's happening in the world and adjusting your behavior accordingly, not necessarily focus just on gear, but maybe even if it's just saying, hey, I don't necessarily need to have the quote unquote best gear to participate in this event. I just need to stop this other node from sieging us or rally my friends and make sure this ice dragon doesn't level my node, right? So I think it's, to me, it would be more engaging if it's, I don't want to say less gear focused, but that's kind of really what I mean. It's And it's instead of being a gear focus, it's more a contribution focus and how as a player I can contribute. Kind of one of my biggest beefs, and this is kind of a segue, so I apologize. But one of my biggest beefs with LFR and WoW is people lazy it up. They don't learn the mechanics. They don't kind of do what they need to do to research. They're just going in to see if they can get gear. I want the focus of Ashes of Creation to have maybe gear is like a little part of the focus, right? Because mm. you're going to have crap. But it's more about making sure your crafters are set up, making sure you're going out and exploring to find that rare item that might help your node or help you gain power. So it's not necessarily focused just on getting to X amount of tier of content and rating. It's about what can I do collectively to help my community grow and be strong. In addition to just, you know, every Tuesday I go and raid with my guild. That's a very niche click type of focus where I think, at least from what I'm gathering from the way the developers are communicating is, they want it to be more about building your community versus getting yourself or your guild the best gear, right? It's about mm-hmm. working together and in many different ways, right? Whether that's, you know, as a group, as a guild, as an alliance of players um, and having common goals and striving towards those. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I and and this reminds me too of what they originally had said. I remember Steven Steven saying this specifically on one of the live streams, I believe. Uh, and there were questions about you know raids and in game, and he specifically said that the focus was not to be about gear as much at, in completing these in game you know hardest bosses in a raid. It's it's more about the mechanics, right? And so, I mean, it's, it's, you know, the thing about Ashes that's, it, is it's change and it's all about change. It's very reflective of uh, the world around us. The universal constant is change. Um, and uh, because we have nodes, the world will change. Because we have seasons, the weather will change. Um, because we have a narrative, we have the potential for a change in things like raids or dungeons uh and you know something that uh zeke had mentioned was you know 
if we have something that evokes change in a variety of different contexts, whether it be nodes or whether like Diggs was talking about, you know, node changing and being the end game in the world as well. Uh, you've got a lot of different things. And so the narrative itself can, can also elicit that change. You know, what they're aiming for is innovative. And, you know, when we come back to looking at where they're at right now, look, I wish we were on track. I know that we're not right now. Okay. And they're even saying that we're, they were delayed a little bit. We're waiting for that. We're getting back to that letter from him, right, that we're waiting on. Um, I'm really hoping we're going to get that, like, kind of outline and everything that we're looking for. And I think we need it quickly. Um, but when you're trying to do something truly innovative in a game, with a gaming genre that has been more than stagnant for many years, when you had leaders like, blizzard who stopped being innovative and allowed companies like activision to come in and bark the orders and make it all about money uh, and that's just the truth when you're trying to be innovative it's not going to be easy because it's it's uh undiscovered uncharted territory in some ways um and that's what i try to keep into perspective when i realize this could be delayed the game may not be out when we want it to be. And from my personal standpoint, I'm okay with that because as long as they're being innovative and they can pull this off, they're going to deliver something. Wow. We, we've never really gotten to have before that will help the genre move it along and hopefully get out of stagnation. Um, but you know, when I think about change in the world, you know, the narrative alone, this random chance of spawning a quest that one player gets out in the wilderness while they were farming, the casual gamer guy that maybe just cares more about getting on and picking herbs at the end of the day, gets this quest that impacts the server, has to go and, you know, gather members of the community. They might have been a solo player, but today they need to find people to help them and they have to interact with their people in the community. And that's the kind of stuff that I'm really hoping to see. So if we're delayed a bit on our way, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm as impatient as a lot of people. But if we get delayed and that's what we get, I'm good, man. I'm good. As an investor that backed the game, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with what I invested. I feel confident about that. Um, but, you know, I think, I think it's important to try to keep things in perspective. And when you look about grinding and you look about ways to level and progress i mean you know whether it's vertical or a horizontal system or a mixture of both uh it's still important that they're doing that in an innovative way otherwise it looks very familiar and very much like we're recycling the same thing we've seen over and over are some things going to be similar absolutely it's an mmorpg but if everything just looks like you're taking and cookie cutting pieces from everyone and throwing it together, you're going to have a problem. And clearly they're not doing that. So that, that's kind of my thoughts is, you know, when we, we get impatient, we want it now, you know, try to dial down the entitled gamer mentality, man, and recognize that uh, maybe you didn't know this before, but this stuff can take a while and there could be delays. That's, that's the thing. So, I'm realizing that we are like pushing the 15 minutes and we're like, <laughs> I told you guys we weren't going to make it through this, but yeah. you know, 
Um, you know, in-game gearing, right? We talk about to grind or not to grind. You know, I, I want to talk about types of level, ways you can level aside from just like these progression systems, right? Typically, you've got, and this does tie into it a little bit, but you've got games like The Elder Scrolls Online where originally the game started out as vertical progression, uh, but it was more, well, I don't know if it was even really called that. Yeah, it's definitely vertical progression, I take that. You're, you're still needing to pick up gear, and you're still focusing on this narrative, which is literally this quest chain that you've got to follow all the way from A to Z. And when the game launched, if you didn't follow A to Z, you missed out on XP because you sure as hell weren't grinding mobs. They weren't worth anything. You were not getting to V10 grinding mobs. So we're now at a place where you can go grind mobs. You can do quests. You can run dungeons. You can do raids. You can do PvP. You could do any of that effectively to gain XP, right? Um, I think for me, what's important, though, is that they're ma they maintain multiple options to get to max level and to be relevant so that you don't have to make this polarizing shift to where you know you start out going super linear gotta follow the line all the way from here to the here to there and then you get to a place where it's like just buy the stuff from our cash shop go grind it out however you want to uh it's not challenging to even a new a new uh player to ESO it's not really challenging at all and before it was way too challenging to just even if you played MMOs you jumped in and you were like I've there's no way to know what's happening here even if I played a dozen of them cuz it's an Elder Scrolls game so I don't know I kind of feel like I went off on a tangent there but I do think that it's relevant because it, it's the choices that matter along the way. And, you know, if they make the wrong choices, the game's not going to deliver. So I'm keeping this in perspective and I've got to give them hats off to a couple things. One is that, you know, they recognize that maybe something's not working and they go, okay, well, we're not just going to try to like patch this up and move forward. If we realize it's just going to try to fall apart, we're going to just go back we're going to make sure it's built right. That has been a trend with the studio. I mean, you know, it has been a trend. That's happened three or four times I can think of now, different contexts. I feel like that's important to note when we're, you know, it's easy to kind of get off and go, well, you know, they're not doing it. They're not delivering. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. Um, you know, you got to look at the bigger picture, man. Um, so what are your guys' thoughts as far as... Uh, well, I guess really, do you any, any responses to anything I said? Because I kind of went off for a while there. I mean, me personally, I just go back to the fact that I backed this game because I believed in the, I believed in what they were trying to do as a vision. And and timing aside, what they've accomplished in since Kickstarter has been nothing short of phenomenal, right? And at the end of the day, people are saying, "Well, what are we really seeing?" A lot of it we're not really seeing. What we're being exposed to now is the stuff that most developers are like, let me keep this under wraps for three to five years yeah. and then we'll mm -hmm. get it out in front of people. I mean, we're seeing the ugly right now. Yeah. The ugly part and and the tough choices that Intrepid needs to make. Um, you know, 
is it a really comfortable message to share with anyone if you're in a job or with a developer that you need to share with your community or or you know depending on what kind of studio you are your investors right which in in some cases, right, as a Kickstarter, you could almost say it's almost one and the same, right? You've got people that are invested in the game, both with backing the game and also being interested in supporting the game uh, emotionally, right? So it's not the greatest message to say, hey, you know, we're, we've got a delay. But I respect the team for just getting in front of it and saying, look, this is what's happening right now. This is why you're not hearing a lot from us. But there's a fundamental reason why we're stopping and pivoting. And I would rather get that message right now than get a half-baked, you know, game as a live service stuff that we're getting nowadays in the gaming industry on December 31st or, you know, whatever date is before 2020. Right? So... So to me, I mean, it's a tough choice. It's hard to hear as a supporter of the game that things are getting delayed, but I do feel, you know, that it's the right decision to make. If something isn't working at your foundation, at your core, and you know the game as you envision it is not going to play out and it's going to be an experience that people are going to be rough with and you and you don't or have a rough time with, you you make the tough choice and you stop and you pivot. That's the right thing to do. Not maybe what people are like, hey, I really wanted to play this game and now you're delaying it. You know, I'm going to go look at, you know, Apex Legends or whatever, you know, BR. I'm just going to leave it at that. Is it because it's EA? <laughs> yeah, because it's EA or like, or BR in general, right? I, I, I'm kind of anti-BR, so if there's anybody out there that really, like, you know, has a special place in their heart for BR, I apologize if I'm insulting you, but I'm just not a BR person. If I see another BR game, I, you know, I will scream. But (laughs) the MMO that we're all looking forward to needs time. And I know Steven is a very passionate, you know, person, and he wants to get this done quickly because he is just as frustrated with mmos and how they've evolved over time as we are but at the end of the day he wants to do the right thing and he wants to put something out there that he's going to be happy with and proud of and is going to be fun and if you can't get the player counts that they really want at this really major mechanic level right which they're using the br mode to test this player count thing right and eventually we'll get castle sieges and other things that help us test mmo but if they don't take the time to do this, we're not going to have an MMO we're going to want to play. And yeah, if it takes a little more time, it's going to take a little more time. And again, not the greatest message to try to internalize, but the reality is, would you rather start spending a monthly fee on something that isn't working exactly the way you want it to? It's not stable. It's not giving you a good experience. Or you would you rather wait a few extra months and have it be something that's worth paying for, right? On an ongoing basis, right? Because you've already, you know, if you're a backer, you've already backed the game. You already have some, you know, rewards chilling in your account. But at the end of the day, you, you're looking for that game that you invested in. And to me, 
I kind of think about it like my, my buddies that do their podcast on um, tabletop gaming think of it. They always joke about Kickstarters taking forever to kind of fulfill. In this case, I kind of see parallels here. Okay, it's taking a while to get there. But at the end of the day, when I get it, my hope, and I'm I'm knowing that the developers are going to, you know, shoot for that same thing, is it's an experience it's worth waiting for. And, and I think that's where, you know, patience, big picture needs to come into play, not just what I can get right now. Because if what I can get right now isn't the experience that the developers want, do I really want that experience, right? That's not what I backed. I didn't back a half-baked product. I The only Kickstarter that I've ever contributed to has been Ashes of Creation. Mm-hmm. Me too. Because I believed in their vision. So if I don't give the team time to execute that vision, I'm doing them a disservice and I'm doing myself a disservice as well. Yeah, I definitely that definitely resonates. Um, let's see here. So I feel like we're kind of yeah. I think I'm gonna yeah. I think we're, I think we're pushing an hour. Um, I don't really want to dig into anything more right now. Uh, we we I wanted to start talking about. Well, I guess you gotta wait till next week to find out. Uh, so I'm gonna po- pause that so y'all can find out next time. But I'm going to bring up a couple things I want to talk about before we kind of do our kind of signing out for the night here. Um, One one point I wanted to talk about was this week, uh, the Discord's been, look, look, the Discord's been changed significantly. And uh, this is essentially my appeal to the viewer or listener, whatever. to kind of just hear what I'm saying here. I've been watching the discord for the past couple weeks since they've made a lot of the changes. There's significantly less toxicity. Um, and I, I, I can't stress that enough. It's significant. It meaning it's, it's a very noticeable difference. And, uh, I've been saying, I'm going to pull up this thing and I had to like clip this when I saw her say it, Lieutenant toast. And this is one of the channels last week. I think last week, this is last week. And she was responding to somebody when they were complaining about how certain things weren't allowed in chat. And she said, as we're looking to maintain a space where all players feel like they can chime in or join versus a more click-based, guild-based, or possibly even more toxic space. If you're brand new and wonder into here, we want to make sure that things are on topic and not filled with specific drama. That is uh, that is what I have been looking for for uh, quite more than a year to happen in that Discord. You can you can like it, you can love it, you can hate it, but in the grand scheme of things, I think that's going to really make a difference and matter because if you've got new people, that's what I've said forever. If you got new people coming in there and they want to chat and get to know the community, and they want to um, know more about the game, they come in there and someone's like just treating them like shit. Are they going to come back in there again? I, I'm going to go with no, because the majority of you all that I've talked to tell me no and say you don't go there. I'm saying I've been looking at it, and if my word means anything, I really want to encourage you to go there 
and be a positive part of the community now because there are more constructive conversations happening. And this is a great opportunity right now to really kind of dig in and invest and quite frankly, role model the kind of uh, community interaction that the, the Discord really the deserves. Righteous crusader. So, Welcome to the That's crusader. my piece. I just really want to encourage you to do it. This is a great time to be there now. I, I can't say that I could have said that before. I've, I've already told Maggie and them this on the Discord. But seeing these changes, I really want to encourage you to, to get involved there to try to get to know other community members, to contribute to the conversation, to get to know more about the game. You see people that are actually here, like Diggs, you'll see him talking. A lot of the people that are on uh, Twitch right now, which I guess you should be here, are people that you can often see can contributing to the conversation. And a lot of times it's really good conversation. There's a lot of really positive people out there. The voices of a few don't have to be the majority, and they certainly aren't that loud anymore. Uh, so with that being said, um, gentlemen, you want to tell everybody where your domain is and where people can find you. Uh, you can find me on ashenherald.com. My content is primarily on YouTube. Um, just search for the Ashen Herald, or if you want to check out my latest videos, I post on Twitter when those go up, and that's at the Ashen Herald. Over to you, Zeke. Here you go. Um, I'm Zeke. Uh, my YouTube channel is The Phoenix Nest, uh, youtube.com slash C slash Phoenix Nest. Um, I do a lot of theory crafting videos. Um, I pretty much just cover uh, just, you know, the, the basic stuff right now, but eventually I'll be going to the more hardcore scene because I'm in uh, Mythic or a hardcore guild. That's what we do. Um, but yeah, so catch me on Twitch. Phoenix Zeke is my Twitch handle. If you've seen me in chat, um, otherwise, uh, that's pretty much where you'll find me. And on the Discord. And on the Discord, yeah, you'll see, you'll definitely see Zeke chatting there a good bit too. And um, yeah, I, I think we're going to continue next week, uh, kind of picking up where we left off, um, talking a little bit about something yet to be determined. Um, so, there was a lot we didn't i I mean we we knew this was possibly going to happen too because of just the points that we wanted to really discuss um and there was something i wanted to say that i can't remember now which is really unfortunate guess it's been a long day um but yeah we'll continue next week uh it'll be episode 40 that's crazy 40 episodes man anyway crazy good that's cool man yeah that's a lot of yeah, yeah, it's awesome, man. Uh, thanks for returning, Zeke. And Daedalus, always a pleasure to have you here again, too. And to everybody here, uh, I'm Steve Morg. I've been your host. Uh, we'll be back next week, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on Twitch. You'll see these episodes always on YouTube by Tuesday evening. So you all have a great rest of your week. And until next time, I'll catch you on stream. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>